Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. We're back. Kevin's Corner. It is a busy one here on this Monday, August 21st. I'm Kevin Bowen. Eddie Garrison is across the way. We are eight days away from roster cuts. The only one uh, here in this 2023 cycle. So on Friday's uh, podcast, we'll recap, obviously, what happens with the Eagles and Colts on Thursday night. By the way, I think ABC locally is picking that up. Not Fox. Um, I, I thought I saw ABC is going to pick that up, Amazon Prime game on Thursday. Well, that's good. At least people with DirecTV can watch it. I was going to say, I know there's some people out there with some Fox and CBS issues right now, so good news on that end. Um, but we will go over kind of, okay, what does the 90-man roster look like down to 53 in my eyes, some things like that. Uh, but certainly a ton to get to on today's podcast. Uh, Eddie Garrison, good morning to you. Good morning to you, KB. How are things? Things are well. Before we get any further, let's lay out our plan for our Fantasy Football League this year. We want to reward, obviously, our listening audience, but we also know there's a strong contingent that listens on YouTube as well. So let's give out. Eddie and I talked about this just before the show started. Let's do this, Eddie. Ten spots in the league, right, to join you or I? Yep. You and I, I should say? Yep. And let's do – have you created the league yet? Probably not, not. Not yet. Let's do a draft like that that first week of September. Sounds good to um, me. Let's do like a 9 p.m. Eastern draft. Ooh, I love night drafts. You know, let's do that on, you know, whatever, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever you want to do there. I feel like just in case we have some people that are listening in different time zones, that'll be good. Who knows? Maybe we got people overseas. Um but let's give out six of the ten spots to the people that DM Eddie Garrison first after listening to this podcast. Yep. Eddie Garrison, your Twitter handle. Is at Eddie Garrison underscore. If you need the spelling, my first name is E-D-D-I-E. Last name is G-A-R-R-I-S-O-N. And obviously, I don't need to pronounce what an underscore is. <laughs> Or explain. So six hopefully. spots right there. Now, just want to say, if you DM Kevin, you're not going to get in. Yes, DM Eddie. DM Eddie. And then Eddie will obviously take your email info. He'll send you an invite to the league. And then on YouTube, we don't really know a great way to connect with you on YouTube. So we're thinking the first four commenters on YouTube. You know what? Now that I think about this, I think I can copy the invite link and put it in the description of the YouTube chat. Or on the YouTube pod description. And that way the first four people that click on it and join it, they're in. See, we're planning this as we're doing the the podcast. My only worry there is what if you don't have the six people from Twitter already in the league? Well, you what, be giving away too many YouTube. What I could do is I know I, I, last year I got flooded on the first day is yeah. I waited a day to put up the pod. So I'll put the pod up on YouTube tomorrow. Ooh, I like the pod up right away. I like the pod up right away. Because again... You got about yeah. a 72 hour cycle with this pod. Now, let, let, let's get the podcast up right away. Let's list if you are a YouTube commenter, you're going to need Twitter as well to join our fantasy league. Sorry about it. I know that's not or, necessarily everybody. Or, or Instagram. If you have an Instagram, I can do it that way as well. Okay, let's go Twitter or Instagram handle. Put that in the YouTube comments, and Eddie will contact you with an invite. 
Yep. Sounds good. So let's do four spots via YouTube, six spots via Twitter DMs. I hope that's not too confusing. Thank you to everybody that will join the league. We're looking forward to it. And uh, Don't yeah. forget about the Pick'em either. I'll send that link out again. Only had, I think, five or six people join the first go-around. Yeah, we still got a couple weeks yeah. to get a crew in there for the Pick'em as we are a little over two weeks away from the regular season opener. Eddie, let's start with the Jonathan Taylor, I guess, update. Update is probably the right way to put it. Again, as we record this on Monday morning, the latest is Jonathan Taylor is back with the team. He will travel to Philadelphia. My expectation is he will not practice this week. We'll see if that changes. A joint practice with the Eagles coming up tomorrow as we record this. Um, The Jim Ursay comments from Saturday night, Eddie, I think in Jim Ursay 1-10 scale, that was one of the tamer I heard Ursay in regards to saying things that would frustrate either side of the operation. Mm -hmm. You could probably nitpick in the whatever two minutes he talked about Taylor. And, you know, he mentioned the CBA in there. You know, maybe that was a shot at like, hello, Taylor's agent. Uh, We've got leverage here. Um, He, you know, said to end it, you know, Chris Ballard um, is going to work hard to try and get the waters as calm as he can. I'm thinking, well, you're the one that helps stir up these waters and, uh, so that that I kind of chuckled at. But again, I thought for Ursay, pretty tame. Eddie, I did find it interesting in those two minutes, unless I missed something, I didn't hear anything about a contract extension. Did not either. I didn't hear anything about a future of Jonathan Taylor with the Colts past 2023. And I don't think I heard anything injury-wise either. I didn't either. So I, I do find that interesting. Um, I don't really know what to make of it too, too much. Um, again, I, I still believe these sides are pretty darn dug in on things. I do think we're getting to a point, Eddie, really in the next eight days, something has to happen. And by that, I mean this. Taylor's got to come off pup and practice by, I would say, this weekend, assuming they practice like on Sunday. You know, you play your final preseason game Thursday. Usually teams have kind of one practice before that 53-man roster cut, one to two. So do you practice on Sunday or Monday? You know, that's a question that I would have. And then, Eddie, a week from Tuesday, you have roster cuts. And the Colts have a decision to make with Jonathan Taylor then. Mm-hmm. He's currently on the physically unable to perform list. For those unfamiliar with how that works, you can keep guys on that pup list to start the season. If you do that, Taylor would miss the first four games. And then after that, you've got a little window there. I forget how long the window is exactly, but you can either bring him onto the 53-man roster or leave him on injured reserve. You'd move him to injured reserve, I guess, for the rest of the season. So in eight days, the Colts have to make a decision with Taylor, one way or the other. So that will be a definite deadline to watch a week from Tuesday. But again, I think I've said this for several weeks. This weekend is kind of another deadline that I'm watching of like, all right, two weeks out from the regular season. Hello, if you're going to play week one, you got to get out there. So um, that's where I think we're at with Taylor. Am I missing anything? Anything to add on the Taylor front? No, I think uh, Las Vegas is going through the same thing with Josh Jacobs. Uh, Vincent uh, Bonsignor of the the Las Vegas... Uh, Courier in uh, review, uh, Las Vegas Review and Journal. He said that Josh Jacobs is expected to report sometime before Week One. 
uh, when that is still to be deter- uh, to be announced, but uh, he's expecting at least Jacobs to report before week one, which means I think Jacobs has an understanding that he's not going to get what he wants. So. so he will play this season under that franchise tag? That's what it sounds like. 25 years old, Josh Jacobs. Again, I think he falls a little bit more with the Taylor. Um, somewhat similar situation. It's not exactly similar because Taylor still has one year left on his rookie deal, whereas Jacobs, again, it is theoretically playing under the franchise tag, but from an age standpoint, in, in in their prime standpoint, those two apply more than Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott for me. And we'll get into Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel a little, a little bit later. I had a Twitter question about that. Cool. So uh, in the meantime, let's transition to Anthony Richardson. Of course, he participates in those two joint practices uh, with the ones after being announced as a starter. Shane Steichen said he gets about 70 reps uh, in those two joint practices. Leads to him and some of the other starters not starting uh, in the second preseason game against Chicago on Saturday. So where would you like to start with all that? Him starting at first? Well, I, I will say this. I don't the Shane Steichen said, did he say that 70 reps? Did Shane Steichen say 70? I thought that's what Joel said he said this morning. Oh, I, I mean, I, you, I don't know if you're throwing seven on seven and one on ones in there. He definitely did not sniff 70, 11 on 11 reps, which for me, those are the reps that really, really matter. But that's neither here nor there. I do want to get into Richardson on Saturday night, Eddie, but let's go back to last Tuesday when he was announced as a starter. Let, let's begin there before we get into Saturday night and that decision not to play him. Um, this is not the reason why I think he should play, but again, the old saying that you guys have heard me say on this podcast a lot, in the NFL, you can't be three things at once. You can't be bad, you can't be boring, and you can't be old at quarterback. Colts might be bad this year, they shouldn't be boring at quarterback, and they shouldn't be old. Well, they aren't old, I guess. So, that is that was my first thought, kind of walking out of that tent when Shane Second announced it. And my second thought was, I think it's a brilliant decision to announce it when they did. Mm-hmm. I forget if I said it on the podcast last Monday, Eddie, when we did it, but I remember Tuesday morning sitting there at Grand Park and the Colts were getting ready for you know, two joint practices Wednesday, Thursday. Again, a preseason game with the Bears and then the Eagles week coming up this week. And I said, you know what? I think now is the time. Now is the time to commit to Richardson and give him a full month of starting work. Not just him, but also the offense. And by that I mean this, Eddie. I think it's going to be an adjustment for the 10 guys around Anthony Richardson to get used to running an Anthony Richardson offense. Mm -hmm. Some of the younger guys that are used to that in college, they might be a little bit more accustomed to it. But for some of those veteran guys, I think it's going to take a bit of an adjustment because a Gardner Minshew offense looks different than an Anthony Richardson offense. Gardner Minshew offense looks more like the Matt Ryan offense Mm -hmm. or the Carson Wentz or the Phillip Rivers. But Richardson, you you have a lot of run-pass option stuff. You have a lot of zone-read stuff. And boy, we saw on Wednesday and then again on Thursday, we saw a penalty-filled night for both the offense, mainly the offense, I should say, on Wednesday and Thursday. And to me, that is an adjustment to practicing with him. Because again, the fundamentals, the techniques, what you're asked to do, it's different than what you're asked to do when your quarterback is just confined to the pocket and not running run pass options and zone reads, and it's pretty much a three- or five-step drop, and boom, you get rid of it. So I think it's very beneficial now for the other 10 guys around Richardson to get used to that. I think it allows Richardson to lead. He doesn't feel like he's in competition anymore. Mm -hmm. Like He can kind of start to establish his footprint as like, this is my huddle, this is my offense, I can lead you guys. I think that's important as well. And also, Eddie, I think it's critical that when you think of the college offenses and play calling 
versus the NFL. In colleges, we're all used to it. These guys look over on the sidelines, and the walk-ons are holding up a billboard that has, you know, whatever, a piece of bacon, a Beyonce, um, Eminem, and Donald Trump on it. And you've got to decipher what that means for your offense. Yeah. In the NFL, Jim Bob Cooter right now in practice, and Shane Steichen on game days, is in the ear of Anthony Richardson, and he calls in those plays. And then Anthony Richardson relays them to the other 10 guys in the huddle. That's different than what it is in college. So I think for all those reasons, it is important for him to get as many starting reps as possible before week one. I know I said this when the schedule came out in May, but I think it helps out Anthony Richardson that for week one, Jim Bob Cooter comes from Jacksonville. And that's who you play week one. And that coaching staff is the same. So theoretically, he should have a little bit of insight into what he's going to see in that NFL debut of his. Um, and help out Gus Bradley in that defense, too. I, yes, certainly. Um, I get people that say, oh, he, he's not ready. Of course he's not ready. But you play him to see how ready he is, where he's not ready and needs development, and then where you need to support him moving forward. It's like becoming a parent. Nobody's ever ready to become a mom or a dad. You just have to do it. Look at you, Eddie Garrison. I cannot agree with that statement more. Hell, I still don't know what I'm doing, but you just throw shit at the wall and see what works and hope that it works the next day, which, eh, unfortunately, that's not usually the the case. Expose Richardson's eyes. I mean, he needs to see what NFL windows look like, what, what NFL speeds look like. Obviously, the joint practices with the Bears, I thought it was beneficial for him to be out there, and it was a lot of checkdowns from him. It wasn't as much vertical stuff that he was doing in those first 10 practices. I think that is very beneficial at him. It's clear from the Colts, the word that they use most often, and Steichen specifically, but Ballard said this as well when he made his appearance on SiriusXM, the playmaking element. The Colts have had the single hitter before at quarterback. They've had the game manager. They've had the check down Charlies. They now feel like they need the home run hitter, the playmaker. And the Dame Brugler comment that I love that he said, you don't need a passer strictly, you need a creator. And that's what you're getting here. And yeah, I think I said this last week, but as a big Reds fan, I made the analogy to former uh, masher of the baseball, Adam Dunn. Yep. Adam Dunn, Eddie, as you know, would have a lot of one for four days with the big three donkey. strikeouts, and he'd hit one in the Ohio River. And oftentimes, one of those strikeouts, he'd probably throw his bat in about row 37. Yep. The goal with Richardson is to hit the home run, and then hopefully you don't have three strikeouts. Hopefully you have like a couple grounders, or the bat doesn't fly out of your hands. You know, the bat flying out of his hands, that was the interception in Buffalo. You know, get away from that aspect to it. Make sure your outs are at least balls in play. Whereas, you know, the the, the strikeouts can be the turnovers to continue Th- that um, that analogy. And, and I'd say big picture with this, Eddie, and feel free to chime in on anything else Richardson related before we get into Saturday takeaways. The big picture point of this, and this is something you guys heard from me a lot in the spring leading into the draft. What you said on Tuesday when you made that announcement is you said, enough the revolving door. Yeah. Enough of it. You have to go back to 2015-2016 for the last time you had week one starting quarterbacks as the same person. I mean, that is astonishing to think of a franchise having to go back nearly a decade for the same starting quarterback to start back-to-back seasons. Um, 
obviously the goal is Richardson would be the starter in 2024 yeah. in week one. You know, If you would have started Menchu in week one this year, you still would have had that revolving door extending to 2024 and 2025. So that, I think, is another reason why this move continues to make sense. You have got to get your roster, your guys used to, this is how life is going to be at quarterback now moving forward. Yeah. Again, get your offensive guys used to that as much as you get Richardson used to being a part of what an NFL offense and what running an NFL show is all about there. So, again, a fan of the move playing him early, a fan of the move committing him, committing to him in the middle of August, all of those check necessary boxes for me. Did you notice any different changes in his demeanor, his attitude, his confidence, his swagger, energy level, or anything after he was named the starter? It's a good question. I mean, not like a whole lot. I did find it, you know, he he said the word that he was shocked when he heard the news. And I know that that kind of blew up and there were some people that were like, oh my gosh, shocked. Then I don't want that guy as my quarterback if he's shocked. And, and I asked him to clarify what he meant by shock. He said more just like hearing those words out loud of like, you're our starter. And I mean, how is that not a pinch me moment for any 21-year-old? Yeah. For Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, that should be kind of a pinch me moment. And again, it, it, it's a reminder to me of like there's a lot of genuine nature to this guy. Again, he has a quiet confidence about him. Um, I think he also certainly is extremely committed to knowing the work that is needed for him to develop. Um but to your point, Eddie, I'm curious like how he evolves as that leader, how he evolves as like, this is now my show. I go back to when we had Reggie Wayne on and we played that clip for you guys. Remember what Reggie Wayne said to Andrew Luck when Luck walked in back in 2012? He goes, hey, man, you're obviously going to be our leader, but I'm not expecting you to be our leader right now. I'll lead the offense, and when you're ready, you come find me, and I will happily take the back seat. And Reggie said it was about week 11, week 12 that Luck finally came up to him and said, all right, man, I think I'm ready. And that's when he kind of took over. Now, obviously, Richardson doesn't have that presence on his offense right now, and he's kind of thrown a little bit more to that fire. But your quarterback's got to lead. Your quarterback's got to be the captain. That guy's got to go out there for coin toss moments, those sorts of things. Like, you know, you want that guy breaking down your huddle more often than not. I think that's so critical. And it's important for Richardson to not feel like he's looking over his shoulder, like, oh, wait, where's Minshew? You guys see, it? like, you know, just that little awkward. Because where's Waldo? Because you know, Minshew has a leg up on so many people in that building because he's been with Shane Steichen. Mm-hmm. So, understandably, I mean, you know, Gardner was critical in those spring periods to helping guys learn the offense, and obviously, the offense again looks a little different with, with Richardson. So, um, again, I think it was very smart by Shane Steichen to do what he did, when he did it. And honestly, Eddie, until Saturday night, and I guess we can transition into the game, until Saturday night, I have agreed with just about everything Shane Second has done in handling the quarterback and handling the reps for the quarterback this entire offseason. I think all of it has gone very much according to the plan that I kind of had drawn up in my mind. So what you're saying is Shane Steichen listens to you? <laughs> Not at all. Uh, Shane Steichen has obviously has a brilliant quarterback background. Um but again, until Saturday night, and I did not agree with Richardson sitting on Saturday. And should we just hop into that now? Yeah. Okay. Two things, Eddie. Let me start here, and I think listeners of our podcast will know. I don't typically go down this path. Like I know there are a lot of people that are like, the Colts hide information. The Colts aren't transparent. 
blah, blah, blah. You know, like a lot of that. A lot of like conspiracy theory sort of comments. I'm not one of those people. I understand why some people feel that way, but I, I'm not one. But I will say that last week, I thought it was really shady and a bit disrespectful by how the Colts handled the lack of a Richardson announcement to their fan base. Um, I agree with you. Shane Steichen announces on Tuesday that Richardson is the starter. I think he was asked in that press conference, will he play on Saturday? Pretty much he no, he no comments it. I, I think I was the one that maybe asked him then on Wednesday, the same thing. Will he play? No comments it. And then on Thursday... He was scheduled to meet the media. I mean, I looked up, I went back and looked at the media schedule. I'm like, do I have this wrong? And all of a sudden, he doesn't talk after that final joint practice. Yeah. I found odd. Matt Eberflus did. Matt e- that was when Eberflus announced Justin Fields would not be playing on Saturday. Eddie, you follow the NFL enough. I think you see around the league, teams almost always announce who their starting quarterback's going to be in a preseason game. Oh, yeah. And they usually tell you, you know, how much to expect out of that guy. You know, clearly Steichen did it week one with Richardson and that Bills game. So I came in Friday morning for our morning show, and my former co-host, Jake Query, he would admit he's more of the conspiracy theory guy than I. And I go, Jake, again, I'm not this guy. But I'm all of a sudden thinking to myself here, wait a minute, Shane Steichen, no comments Wednesday. He's not made available Thursday. There's no media availability till game time. I don't see the Colts announcing anything between now and the game, which they didn't. They never announced Richardson would not be starting or playing. I'm like, are they doing this just to get people to come up, come to their lone home preseason game? Yep. That's how I felt. Again, it's it's a five minute rant from me, and and I think you, again you guys know that this is typically not me, but it shows you kind of where I'm at. Of I clearly feel like this is an issue that needs to be brought up. Again, I thought it was very disrespectful to your fan base because, you know, preseason attendance, Eddie. To me, it's similar to training camp. You get a lot of people that go to those games because the cheaper is the, the the ticket typically is a little cheaper on the secondary market than it is for regular season games. It's a little bit easier for kids to go. A little bit easier for for kids. Um, and I just feel like it's more of an experience for maybe a first-time NFLer, whether that is, again, training camp or the preseason. And to me, you just were trying to get people into the building. And it was misleading. Um, I didn't like how they handled it. Again, there was no announcement whatsoever from the Colts on that. And usually they are pretty transparent with that stuff. So why now? You were content with announcing him as a starter in week two of the week for the regular season, but you're not going to tell us what the preseason game plan is for him? Yeah. And again, I'm not saying tell us like the media. Tell your fan base. Um, to me, that just bothered me. Rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, I feel bad for, for, for a lot of fans that you know paid a good dollar on the secondary market or decided to kind of plan their weekend around that, and they might have had different plans if they knew Anthony Richardson wasn't going to be Playing. It was a sellout. Was it a sellout? That's what they labeled it as. I mean, how many is that? 65,000? It's a good question. So uh, that bothers me, Eddie, but I get it. Some people don't care and they're like, whatever. People expecting anything in the preseason. That's just stupid of fans to, to, to expect that. Um, I didn't like Richardson sitting either. Um, I get that he participated in the joint practices. Um, again, he threw nine practices in 11-on-11 setting on Thursday. 
I think he threw 19 on a, on Wednesday, so it's not like he threw a ton of footballs in either of those two practices. Um, I think games are different. I think games are different for a rookie quarterback with 13 collegiate starts. And probably bigger than the Richardson thing, Eddie, I don't think it sends the right message to your football team when you bench 20 of your 22 starters. You are a four-win football team coming off one of the most historically embarrassing and disappointing seasons your franchise has had in years. You have a new head coaching staff. You're playing your lone home preseason game, and you decide to sit your starters. I just don't think that's the right message to send when you are a franchise that has lost nine straight season openers. And again, this is something that I think people don't pay attention to enough when we talk about that season opening losing streak. The nine straight season opening losses, that is a glaring enough stat. But if you take it a step further, Eddie, in the month of September, in the Chris Ballard era, the Colts have the 27th best record in the league in the month of September. So it's not like they're losing the opener and then they come back and they win the next two games in in the month of September. They're 7-12-1 in the month of September under Ballard. That starts your franchise in a season off behind the eight ball. It puts you in an early hole. It creates you to play catch up. And obviously, the results have been the results. You haven't won a division title in that time frame. You know, you've only won one, one playoff game, those sorts of things. So I would say, bigger than the Richardson thing, I think it's the wrong message to send to your football team to do that. And I'll go back to an observation from the Thursday joint practice that I mentioned earlier in, in the podcast. Wednesday and especially Thursday, you had a lot of penalties on your offense. Eddie, on Thursday night, Anthony Richardson was 5 of 9 based off purely if you didn't pay attention to penalties. If you paid attention to penalties, he was 2 of 6 for the entire practice. Ouch. He had three completions called back due to not offensive pass interference, not holding, due to ineligible men downfield. What did I say earlier about committing to Richardson with a month to go to the regular season? The other 10 guys in this offense have to get used to playing with him. Run pass option, zone read stuff, how you block that, the fundamentals, the the techniques with that, it's a lot different than it is blocking a normal offense. So to me, your other 10 guys offensively need to get used to that. So that's why I find it beneficial as well to play those guys. I mean, I know Bryce Young played. I know C.J. Stroud played. I mean, even guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes played over the weekend. Stroud played a half. Did he play a full half? Yeah. I think it's critical to shed the red jersey, but also this, Eddie. You've been out to training camp practices. If Anthony Richardson throws a interception during a joint practice, what happens? They just move on to the next scripted play that was on the on the sheet that they talked about the night before. Mm-hmm. You throw an interception in a preseason game, you got to go sit in the bench and stew. You, you there's ramifications for what you do, good and bad, that I think you just can't get in a practice. If you have a holding penalty in practice, it's not like they just push it back to first and twenty. <laughs> right. If you're in a red zone drill, you just go back to the twenty yard line and you run the next play. So that's where I want to get him into those moments where. You've got to respond to the unscripted stuff. And again, 13 starts in college, to me, is not a lot to get used to it. 
I don't want to sit here and act like this is the end of the world and we, the Colts have totally stunted his development and this is going to have a severe impact on his rookie season. But I think when you are as inexperienced as he is at quarterback, your team is not used to playing with that style of a quarterback. You've just had one of the most embarrassing seasons in your franchise's recent history. I think your starter should be playing. I get that the NFL does follow the leader. Hey, all these teams are doing uh, past precedent says if we have joint practices and the other team sets their starters, then we should sit your your starters. The Colts aren't every other team. And they shouldn't act like they're every other team because they're not. Mm-hmm. They're not at quarterback, and they're not with how they've started seasons in recent histories. I could argue the Bears should have played their starters, but then I also sat sat there and thought to myself, you know what, Justin Fields did just go 8 of 8 in some red zone drill I just watched, and he's with Luke Getze for, what is it, the second straight season? I mean, he's in the same offensive system. Um, so I, I still think you know DJ Moore and that arrival, it could be beneficial for him playing, but... Again, I don't think the Colts should have just followed the same uh, script as the Bears. So, first time all offseason that I've disagreed with how the Colts have handled Richardson. Um, sounds like they will play their starters coming up on Thursday. Um, but yeah, I, I just, that one did not check the box for me. Overreacting, Eddie, um, what were your thoughts on Richardson not playing? I thought it was odd because you've been saying from day one since you drafted him that the one thing that he needs is experience and the one area that he can get more experience in before week one when you plan on starting him is the preseason and you don't put him out there for the preseason game two. Like, it didn't make sense to me either. Again, you only have three preseason games now. You know, it's not like you have the the four games and you progress through game one, two, and then the dress rehearsals week three, and then, you know, you you play a bunch of the 90-man roster guys in week four. And I go back to what Chris Boward said on opening day of training camp. The games are going to mean more. The preseason game is going to mean more in mm-hmm. evaluating Richardson. So, yeah, I, and, and like I understand, like Ryan Kelly and Will Fries probably were not going to suit up because didn't they miss uh, that Thursday practice? Ryan Kelly and Will Fries both missed Thursday. My counter to that, Eddie, would be there's probably going to be moments in the season where Danny Penters your starting that's, center. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then Will Fries. There's some people that probably want Will Fries benched anyways. Yeah. So, like, of all the offensive linemen to miss, to me, if you're ranking the offensive linemen, most important to least important, the three most important are healthy right now. Mm-hmm. Nelson, and I'm not saying in this order, Nelson, Ryman, and Braden Smith. So, I, again, that one didn't really add up to me. You know, Pittman and Pierce are healthy, and um, I did think, and, and do you got anything more to add on Richardson? No. I was going to transition to the game. I thought one of the most impressive things from the game on Saturday, Eddie, I thought your second unit offensive line blocked pretty well for Gardner Minshew. Yeah. And that allowed Minshew to be, obviously, very, very efficient. Let's go over some offensive guys that stood out to me. Uh, we'll Minshew was 13 of 15 for 107 yards. Over to defense, yeah. So he's now 19 of 21 in the preseason. You go off of 6 of 6 in the opener. Um, offensive guys that stood out to me, Eddie, Josh Downs, again, you're going to play Josh Downs but not play Anthony Richardson? Uh, that one doesn't really totally add up to me. You could probably call Josh Downs a starter. Um, I don't know. Maybe technically Isaiah McKenzie will be a starter. He's obviously going to play a ton. The Colts only play two starters. We'll, we'll, we'll get to those two corners here in just a second. I thought Will Mallory had a couple grabs, and it might be just because I haven't seen – I mean, Will Mallory has probably practiced slash played Eddie six times in the 20 times I've watched the Colts this offseason. So maybe I was like – Oh, wow, there's 86. 
You know, he just kind of catches your eye like that of like, I forgot he was around. Yeah. Um, he had a couple moments. Shout out to James Washington there in the fourth quarter. And DJ Montgomery. Yeah. So was that Montgomery wearing 34? Yes. I, I think. That, that Chris Lamone's playing both sides for a second there. James Washington, former second-round pick of the Steelers, was with Dallas last year. He has battled some injuries, bounced around to a couple teams since then. He has that 42-yard bomb from Ellinger that he hauls in down the sideline. Great that, ball by Ellinger. Was by that one-handed? Was it? I couldn't tell. It was a hell of a grab. Yeah. Nonetheless. And just like he literally showed up, I think he showed up on Saturday. It's not like they practiced after he showed up or anything. Same so. for DJ. He showed up uh, yeah, Saturday. He showed up after uh, DJ, Washington, DJ I think. Montgomery in the same boat there. So I thought those guys stood out. Obviously, Ellinger did his usual August magic. He's just <laughs> he is entertaining to watch once you get in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Uh, defensively, Eddie, I continue to be. I continue to think Jalen Jones flashes the seventh round pick out of A and M. I like him. I, I really like his competitive spirit and practice. If I were building out a cornerback depth chart right now, I had Jalen Jones above Darius Rush and Juju Brents. And I know he got drafted much later than those guys. Darius Rush had a hip injury in that two day. He? he exited. I don't know if he injured when he got burned by Reese Fountain, but <laughs> that was when I, I, I don't know. I, I say that in all seriousness. I, I don't know if he played after that. He um, didn't. He did not? No. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to go back and double double check, but um, yeah, right now I'd have Jalen Jones above Rush and Brents on my depth chart. Uh, again, the two corners the Colts started were Dallas. The two starters, I should say, week one starters that I expect to start in week one. I expect Dallas Flowers to be a starter no matter what, and I expect Daryl Baker Jr. to be a starter when they go to that nickel package and they throw a third corner on the field. And it makes sense, Eddie, why those two guys played. Again, Baker's never played a defensive snap in the NFL in a regular season game. Second year undrafted free agent, only played special teams last year. Flowers didn't make his NFL debut on defense until the final four games of last year. So even he <laughs> is really, really inexperienced. Uh, Flowers, I think, was whistled for a DPI. I am curious, Eddie, like on the Flowers Baker front, did them playing, is that still saying that like that position battle's open? Is two and a half weeks enough time for a Jalen Jones, for a, I guess we can't say a rush because he's hurt, for a Juju Brents to try and push for playing time? Part of me says no, but I am curious about that. You know, I asked Shane Steichen yesterday on our conference call with him, and we know Chris has mentioned tight end and corner. What else stands out to you about going into these final, what, final week and one day of evaluation? And when you think about it, Eddie, I mean, you might only have three maybe four days of evaluation. you got joint practice tomorrow. You fly to Philly today, joint practice tomorrow, game on Thursday. If you're going to play your starters more, that leaves shorter time for the back end of the roster, guys. And then I guess you might practice, what, Sunday, Monday? And then cut on Tuesday? I'm just spitballing out loud here. But that would leave four times you evaluate between now and those roster cuts on Tuesday. But what I asked Tyken was, anything else stand out to you? He brought up wide out, you know, number four, five, and six wide out. I tend to think, Eddie, you keep four tight ends and only five wide outs. Let's say you keep three tight ends and six wide outs, okay? If you keep three tight ends, Granson, Mo Alley Cox, Jelani Woods, let's go with those three. That means you cut Drew Ogletree and Will Mallory and Farrell Brown. 
was a whiteout. Most stellar preseason by any means. Say it again. Phil Brown has had the most stellar no, but preseason. I, I, I'm by just any throwing means. out a name that has an NFL resume. Yeah. At tight end. Whereas at wideout, if I keep five wideouts, I think the four are pretty obvious. At least I know Shane said four, but I mean, to me, Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Isaiah McKenzie, and Josh Downs are all locks. A fifth wideout would have been Ashton Doolin. So who's your fifth? It's got to be a special teamer in my mind. So Mike Strawn and special teams go together about as well as me and mayo and coffee. Like, I don't see Mike Strawn as a special teamer. And I don't know. I, that one does not seem like a slam dunk to me. James Washington, can he play special teams for you, the new guy? Brashard Perriman, is he going to play special teams at age 30 or however old he is right now? Um, Jawan Winfrey was a guy that had a couple plays in the preseason. Did he catch a touchdown? He yes. A touchdown from Minshew. So Amari Rodgers. Amari Rodgers. Are you too small with Rodgers? You know, it almost seems like you'd find Strawn and Rodgers and you'd find the happy medium. Where, who's the 6'2 special teamer of this group? Ashton Doolin. <laughs> Literally Doolin. And I'm glad you brought up Doolin, Eddie, because the loss of Doolin He's not a top 20 guy on your roster, but he's a guy that makes you sleep better at night. And I could make the argument that Doolin might be fifth or sixth on your depth chart, but he's more like three on the depth chart behind Pittman and Pierce because he's those body types. He's not the slot like Downs and McKenzie. Does that make sense? Yes. Downs and McKenzie are slots. Your outside receivers are Pittman and Pierce. Okay, who backs up those guys? You don't want McKenzie and Downs playing outside you would want more of a Doolin type. So that's where you lose him. You could make the argument that he technically is your third outside wideout. And if Pittman or Pierce were to go down, now all of a sudden you don't have your number two or your three outside wideout, if that makes sense. Yes. So I do think the Doolin loss is is notable. Jannard Avery, torn ACL, is, is well out for the year. Or I don't know if it was torn ACL, some, some knee injury. But I had him as a possible to likely depth defensive end piece flashed early in camp is a veteran i would now slot those guys like taekwon lewis dio adangbo maybe khalid kareem i don't know maybe i'm forgetting somebody oh alkadine muhammad would probably be in that mix as well um i think that covers everything from the game i know i've kind of now delved into roster cuts more than anything but uh, one player you didn't mention, uh, Nick Cross. Yeah, leading tackler, right? Yes. Eight, eight of them. I think he was a second yes. leader in snaps. He Eddie, he, he, he's had a nice camp. I'm unsure of where exactly he fits. Like, I think Julian Blackman and um, Rodney Thomas II are still your starters back there. But, yeah, he, he, is, he has shown up. I mean, to be fair, he did show up last year. You know, he made some nice plays last year in camp, but... I'll be curious to see if they try to get him on the field at all. And I guess speaking of on the field and guys who didn't play Saturday, Shaquille Leonard in concussion protocol. Eddie, I said this on last week's podcast, but it's time to get to the quality. The questions I have for Leonard are this now. Is he back to the All-Pro? Because he's paid to be an All-Pro. And I know that sounds harsh, but that's the reality. He's paid to be an All-Pro. And if he's not playing at that level, you're not getting the proper... Return on investment, and you've got to think long and hard about keeping them on your team after the season. Agreed. And you have an out financially where the cap hit isn't as much. My other question would be, can he play every snap for you? 
do you want him to play every snap for you? Or do you want EJ Speed to spell him a little bit? Those are some Leonard questions I have as we move into the back half of August. Uh, last last thing from the game. Uh, what do you think of Titus Leo's performance? He had a couple moments. Did Leo ha- Leo had the sack where I thought Eric Johnson should have got credit for? There were some guys that got upfield that I felt like pushed. Was it Peterman or Bagel, whatever the other guy's name is, uh, up into the pocket there? But Leo, you know, he had the play where um, he disrupted things when Barkley threw the pick six to Darius Rush um, back in Buffalo. Um, I still think just practice squad for him. I do too, but yeah. it's encouraging to yeah, see him sure. come along the way. Yes, yeah, huge step in competition, and that hair keeps flowing. It does. Talking about uh, Grant Stewart, obviously. Oh, Stewart! I thought you meant Leo there. No, for, for a second, Stewart. Um, yeah, he's keeps a lock. Just flying over the fi- flying, all over the man. field. You imagine if I had that hair? I don't. Yeah, man. Be a I, special teams demon. <laughs> look like modern day Jesus. What's the guy's name that was on Notre Dame who had the hair? Special teamer. Bo Bauer? Yes. In the last couple of years? Yes. God, yes. If you're going to be a special teamer and you're going to be elite, you got to have good hair. Remind me of uh, his, uh, talking about Stewart, reminds me of um, Haloti Nada, I think was his first name. Sure. Sure. Big dude. Uh, yeah. 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 Big dude. Jamie Silva, former Colt special teamer. Yeah. Ready for Twitter questions? Yes. Josh is up first. Does it make sense that with everything we presume to know about Jonathan Taylor's character prior to his agent change... It's likely that he would do the professional thing and play out at least this season, no matter how strained the relationship was with management. Obviously, this doesn't account for injury complications. Yeah, clearly Taylor was upset prior to the agent change. I mean, he changed agents for a reason. You know, Taylor sitting out, it just seems, it seems rather ludicrous to me because Eddie, and I say this only, he's only made $6 million in his NFL career. He's due over $4 million this year. It's a big bump in pay for year four here. Sitting out in season is totally different. You know, I brought this up to Joel Erickson earlier today. And Eddie, follow me here, okay? If Jonathan Taylor, and again, I guess at some point it'd get a little bit of a legal battle in this because Taylor being medically cleared by the team and then Taylor clearing himself for practice, I would argue, is two different situations here. Yes. Now, again, that can get really murky in season. But, Eddie, what if this is the case? What if Taylor stays on pup for four weeks, doesn't like where he's at health-wise, doesn't like his contract situation, and the Colts just move him to IR after that? So he'll miss the entire season. He still gets in a cured season, so he still hits free agency next year. Now, granted, he will have hit it having not played for an entire year, so he'll have to convince a whole lot of teams around the league that he's healthy, quote-unquote, but he would hit free agency, and then he could make the argument and say, well, I got less wear and tear. I, I, didn't, I didn't play this year, and I'm healthy. That is super conspiracy theory. I realize that, but it's something that just popped into my head. Franchise tag. And then we're back to square one, right? Yeah. Is he mad about the franchise tag? I would assume he would be. Yeah. But, yeah, this is where, God, my head just wants to explode with this. 
Tyler wants to know if you think Sam Ellinger is more likely to ride the practice squad versus uh, the Colts holding on to him as a third quarterback. He can't imagine uh, we would get anything in a trade, but curious what you think about the situation. Thanks, Eddie. KB, side note, dad joke. Did you know the first French fries weren't cooked in France? It's because they were cooked in Greece. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you think that's good? <laughs> that's that's a very bad dad joke, that's for sure. On a bad joke scale, it's got to be less than a five, right? Yeah, yeah. So, with Ellinger, you can carry that extra quarterback, right? Isn't that the San Francisco rule this year? Yeah, the McCaffrey rule or the Brock Purdy rule. Brock Purdy rule or, yeah. Josh Johnson rule. Yeah, so you can carry three. I assume they'll just do that with Ellinger. Yeah. You'll just, you know, he'll be your third quarterback on game days and, you know, in emergency rule. Um, Boy, Andy, I'm trying to think of the last time the Colts went through an entire offseason with only three quarterbacks in their 90 man roster. Usually there's like a fourth quarterback. Had to be. Chicago have a fourth. Had to be the Manning days and then certainly the luck days. Yeah, but I feel like even some years of those luck, you know, you had, there was a quarterback from Oregon one time you had as a fourth QB. I'm trying to think of his name. Didn't you have, what was the guy from uh, from Miami? I really liked him. Josh Freeman? No, light-skinned dude. What was his name? Oh, I can picture him. Brad Kaya. Oh, yeah. Remember that name? Yeah. He's a good dude. But, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I think that would be... I, I I don't think that's that that's happened very very often. Yeah, I could see Ellinger as that emergency third QB. I don't see a reason why they would need now, to carry three. Now you know Shane Steichen, and this is something to watch. I think a week from a week from Tuesday with with roster cuts. Um, when you get there, you're fourth on the waiver claim. You are fourth on the waiver claim, which is something to to obviously point out. But you also have a new offensive staff, so. Does that offensive staff have anybody from around the league that they like or particular skill sets that they like? And is quarterback one of them? The Sam Ellinger quarterback, do the Colts want more of a risk as the third QB? Ellinger is a safe third QB. But, like, he's got no ties to this offensive staff. So, you know, and that's just one position on on offense that I'm talking about. But I think it's something, you know, I go back to 2017, and obviously this was Ballard running the show, but he made five waiver claims. On the final roster cutdown in 2017, Kenny yeah. Moore was one of them. I think Pierre Desir might have been another in that same year. That obviously worked out really, really well. So, do we see any of those, or do we see a Grant Stewart type of trade? Sure. Oh yeah, trades have been something that they have done as well. Yeah, uh, Ben would like to know with Anthony Richardson's deep ball accuracy and Shane Steichen's attitude of emphasizing strengths, is it out of question to see over or under? Five and a half passes of 25 yards or more per game this season. Oh, it's got to be under, right? That's a lot. That's a ton. Over under a five and a half of 25 yards or more per game? What about two and a half? Yeah, that's more. I would would argue that Mahomes, I bet Mahomes averaged less than five and a half last year. Hell, I bet he averaged like four. Which is still a huge number. I mean, I would assume Mahomes was... I'm sure he was around that five and a half when he had Tyree Kill still, but... Better than... Yeah, but that, I don't know. That seems like a huge number. Uh, you said two and a half? Yeah, I mean, if you could take the over, that'd be huge. You know, to me, Eddie, like, the big plays with Richardson, yes, that is a huge part, and I talked about it earlier. But I think there's going to be subtle moments 
where do you remember the Andrew Luck to Dontrell Inman touchdown to start the season finale game against the Titans? I do very very much. get in the playoffs vividly. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, Sunday that was night a football. Third down was it a third and goal? Could be third and goal, and Luck spins out of the pocket and turns his back to the play. So he's got pressure. He spins out of the pocket, rolls left, throws across his body to find Inman. In the box score, that goes down as a third down conversion, and let's say it was a third and goal from the nine. It goes down as a nine-yard completion. That will not show up on an explosive play sheet. It won't show up on you know, plays of 25 yards or more at the end of the year. But that is in a big extension play. And it's a play that we'll point out on this podcast. But again, it won't show up on like one of those that Tyler it was it Tyler? Is that who asked that question? Yeah. Uh yeah. Whoever it was. Uh Ben. Ben. Uh who shout out to Ben Lovers, my nephew, just turned three years old. Um I could see Ben Lovers being a great fullback one day. Third and one, give the ball to Ben Lovers. There we go. Um, All Stock 2.0. Will the fullback still be around and by the time Ben Lovers is playing high school football? I don't know. All Stock 2.0? I, I love that. I need the horse collar, though. Yeah. Tom, Tom Lipinski, Notre Dame horse yeah. collar for him. Those are the plays with Richardson. The extension. The, the you just made a play that Matt Ryan can't make. And I know that's low-hanging fruit, but like those are the things, Eddie, where um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, those are the reasons why you start Anthony Richardson, or the reasons why you would feel comfortable. Putting I'd him out say there. those are the reasons why you draft him. That yeah yeah. Like it's those creations, Eddie, Dane Brugler. Yep. Creator, not passer. Creator, not passer. Creator more than passer is probably the better way to put it, because you still need to pass. Right, uh, Daner. Better chance this player starts Week One for the Indianapolis Colts. Dalton Risner. Or Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Shit, I'm trying to think. Better, ch- better chance Eddie Garrison starts. That's two S bombs for you in one pod. Well, uh, wow, potty uh, mouth. I got a lot here on my mind. On you this know, first day of the new morning show, and um, Rosie Bowen tell you to put a dollar in the swear jar every time. I do think I- I'm getting to the point with Rosie. She's three years and two months. I I, there, I can't cuss in front of her anymore. Yeah, you know, I got to kind of hide that. Not that yeah. I'm like a huge cusser, but. Yeah, I got to kind of hide that. Yeah. Um, By the way, any accidental swear words from the kids yet? Uh, yeah. One time, well, she said she wanted to name the fish fat in class. They have a they have a pet fish in their class. I'm like, uh, where do you hear that? Why, why are you saying that? That's not funny. Um, With uh, wait, there was P- one time I thought she said the b word. Ooh. I don't know. I don't think I'm allowed to say that. And I'm like, whoa. That had to come from your mom. That's what, <laughs> that was my first thought. But I think it was Throw just witch. I think it was just witch. On that end, I always had problems with uh, fire truck when I was a kid. Okay, so it'd be yeah. fire. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got you there, boy. Yep. That's 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 quite the word. Yeah, um, I know. Right now, I think they're content at right guard. You know, I mean, again, I I still the only time Will Fries did not start a rep in camp, Eddie, it was because of injury. Mm-hmm. They never pulled him out. So, and who was the guy that came in for him? Uh, Arlington Hambright was the guy that, that started a little bit here. I mean, I think, was it Hambright right away? I'm trying to think if it was Pinter at first, but uh, it, it might have been Hambright. I'm going to have Hambright on my 53-man roster. I think he's. they kind of view him as a versatile backup, former seventh-round pick. Boy, it's a great – well, t- to this question, I think it's definitely Taylor, but I don't feel confident about either. Right. I mean, like, 
is two weeks enough time? If he does not practice tomorrow, the first time he could practice is Saturday or Sunday whenever the Colts practice again. Is two weeks enough time for a dude that is hypersensitive about his body and clearly frustrated with his contract? Last week, Rick, Vin- uh, Rick Venturi went on um, the Colts pregame huddle for his annual hit that he does with JMV and Bill Brooks and Jeffrey Gorman, and he said that two weeks is enough time. He said uh, 15 days out is typically when from the first game is when he would need to see Taylor out there to feel comfortable that he could play. I tend to agree, particularly with a position you can rotate a lot at, but I want to stress this. Jonathan Taylor is not every other guy. He, and I know a lot of NFL guys, care about their body. Taylor takes it to another level. Hypersensitive. Now that Anthony Richardson has been named the starter, Nick wants to know, do you think the Colts have the right receivers paired with him? He feels like Michael Pittman Jr. can be best in the intermediate areas where UKB have mentioned that he struggles, he being Anthony Richardson. Can Alec Pierce be a true deep threat to pair with his big arm? Thanks. I think Pierce is – I think he can be a fine deep threat. I mean, obviously his deep threat ability also comes from his size as well and being 6'3". I mean, what did Pierce run at the combine? It was real close to 4'4", wasn't it? Four four zero. That is. Yeah. I think it was like four four one, four four two. Um, now, having said that, like, which was slower than Richardson, right? Was Richardson four four flat? Let me check that. I thought Pierce was four four one. I'll check it. Uh, you know, when you said, "Do you do I think the Colts have the right receivers to pair with him?" You certainly you want a vertical passing game, but you got to round out the route tree. And to answer the question, no, like they need more. And I mean. Eddie, I'm going to say that for a while. Like, you're always going to need more. And I really think they need more, especially right now. So those are some skill sets I like and, again, am intrigued by. And the thing about Pierce, like, if he's never going to fully pan out as a receiver, if he still continues to be every other game he's catching a 30-yarder or drawing a defensive pass interference penalty for 30 yards, that actually works. Like, I mean, that's just me. Pierce ran a 4-4-1. The official for Anthony Richardson was 4-4-3. Gosh, that's humming. You know who's really fast on a football field? You. Uh, Justin Fields. Yeah. Boy, watch him when he's doing practice, man. Yeah, he's got wheels. Daniel, I'm sure you got this asked a lot, but how do the Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott signings impact Jonathan Taylor? I have to think the Colts were happy with the numbers that came in. I don't see Taylor sitting during the regular season, but I think the holdout continues until week one. Well, we're certainly there right now, Daniel. I just, I don't know, Eddie. I don't know if the Zeke and Dalvin Cook stuff apply at all. I mean, both are, what, 28? Zeke's on a clear demise. Yeah. I mean, Dalvin Cook... He's got a shoulder issue and a domestic violence issue. I'm thinking, like, I don't... And the teams are different, too. Like, I'd say especially the Jets. The Jets, I think, are viewing it as, like, the cherry on top. We feel like we're all in. You know, Rodgers is taking a little bit of a pay cut. We have this money to spend. I'll go back to what I said earlier. I think the Josh Jacobs one is the one to watch more. That's the one. You know, Zeke and, and Cook had already reached second contracts. You know, Jacobs has it. So that is the one that applies a little bit more. But, I mean, they are still dominoes, I guess. But, I mean, what did Jim Mercer say on Friday night or on Saturday night? You know, Chris has got to calm some of the waters. Clearly, if Jim Mercer is saying that publicly, 
both sides are very far apart. Yeah. Very far apart. Yeah. When Jonathan Taylor was at practice on the PUP, was he still going to team meetings, asked Jimmy. Yes. Meaning, could he be learning the playbook and working with Shane Steichen? I don't worry about Jonathan Taylor physically, but it's a new playbook. Shout out from Tampa, Jimmy the intern. <laughs> Jimmy the intern from Tampa, I love. Yes, he was. He was there. Um, and, and, you know, by all accounts, he was in meetings and things like that. Now, I think physically, I would say, Jimmy, this is a new offense. I've stressed this. You know, many times on today's podcast. I mean, it, it's a new look. Richardson was not running, or excuse me, Taylor was not running a whole lot of RPO at Wisconsin, you know, or, or having a dual threat quarterback. So it's a different QB. So I, I think you need to have some connections there, some practice time. So um, I do think that is an area that we shouldn't overlook that. Two questions left. Big Bama, do you think some of Anthony Richardson's inconsistency with his accuracy is that his throwing motion is relied so much on his arm strength? Is that something Coach Steichen is working on him with as well and not just his footwork? Well, I think, honestly, a lot of it is lower body. Um, Richardson has mentioned getting the hips to move quicker, getting the feet to move faster. Um, They don't want to touch that motion. And, you know, Eddie, when you watch him throw, I like his mo. I think he's got a very natural – he's a very natural thrower. Yes. Like, Anthony Richardson, if he could field, I would think would be a great shortstop. You know, I, I that to me is – but he's talking about kind of speeding up his lower body. I think one thing with Richardson that's going to be so difficult this year, Eddie, two, I guess. And one is you can say the same thing about this for all running quarterbacks. I know Bills fans feel with with, with Josh Allen. The fine balance between when he runs and when he doesn't and how much you use that and how many hits he takes and, and does he slide. That That is the obvious gray area with running quarterbacks. The other thing that's going to be very difficult with Richardson, and I'll go back to an 11-on-11 throw he had to Alec Pierce in the joint practice. Pierce was open. It was a little slant or an in route, and the ball went off of Pierce's hands. That is going to be a whole lot of gray area this year. The old saying of, if you get your hands on it, you have to catch it. I'm not one of those people that, like, that's the end-all, be-all. I think there's more gray area to it, and I think there sure as hell better be gray area when it's Anthony Richardson's fastball humming. Oh, yeah. Because I've always said this about, you know, that old saying, if you get your hands on it, you should catch it. Well, just because the 6'4 guy got his hands on it, does that mean the 5'9 guy wouldn't have got his hands on it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Or like the 42-inch vertical jump guy gets his hands on it, but the 36-inch vertical jump guy doesn't get his hands on it? You know, like to me, it's it's not just that black and white. There are, I'd say throughout camp, there were 10 balls that went off of pass catcher's hands like that. And... Picture the ball that Michael Pittman came down with in Buffalo. Remember when Pittman had to really jump pretty high in the air to bring that pass down to him? Again, that's the ball that it's like, if that's, you know, McKenzie, he's not getting to that ball. And if that ball goes through Pittman's hands, do we just rip Pittman and call it a drop? I think it goes 50-50, like. I'm like torn on that because it should have been caught, but at the same time, it should have been a better throw. I cannot stress enough how much that ball is humming coming out of Richardson's arm, and him finding the proper times to use that velocity velocity is going to be huge. 
kind of like that was my stance on like the the Pierce ball in um in Buffalo, not the touchdown that he dropped on the pass interference call. He uh, didn't get his uh, he, he dropped. I don't know if it, if he dropped it or if it went off his hand, but it was a ball that he should have caught. He just let the contact get away too much from him. Uh, and he didn't catch it, but it didn't matter because he drew the passing friends. But last uh, Twitter question comes from Terp. As a Colts fan, let me just interject. That is a great point that you make about that specific play to Pierce. Like just out of your catch radius, it comes at you a little quicker. Yeah, you know it's gonna be difficult. And you know, part of this is I can hear people out there say, "Get used to it. This is your new quarterback. This is life." And again, these are all reasons why you commit to Richardson early, like they did, and you play him because mm-hmm. the Gardner Minshew fastball. Is Greg Maddox compared to a Roldis Chapman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last Twitter question is from Terp. As a Colts fan living in Washington and uh, WSU being my second favorite college team, that being Washington State University. Go Cougars. He says, go right? Buckeyes, baby. Are they the Cougars? They are the Cougars, but I'm assuming go Buckeyes, baby, meaning he's an Ohio State fan. Ah, got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, after Anthony Richardson was named the starter. What do you think the likelihood of us seeing Gardner Minshew play in a Colts jersey is? I've been on the start Anthony Richardson train early, and this uh, was just hoping it'd be week two or week three so we could still see the stash sling it. I love a good Minshew Washington State jersey there. Um, Yeah, obviously it doesn't look like this is going to happen. You know, you, you've thrown the injury caveat with it. Would you like to see Minshew re-signed, Eddie? Um, possibly. Yeah, I think that's a question you have. Do you feel like they've got a pretty good relationship? You want to keep stability around him in the quarterback room? I don't know. And if he's okay with being the guy behind Anthony? Yeah. yeah. I, again, I think you've got to have a little dose of reality if you're if you're Minshew at this point in your career. Maybe not. Maybe he wants to see. You know, thinks he's still got more in there and can keep going and all of that. But that is something I think is worth mentioning. Yep. Um. No more. No more. That's it. Eddie Garrison, and I'm Kevin Bowen. One one more time on the Twitter plug. Honestly, if you're DMing Eddie at this point, you probably are not going to get in the league. But Eddie, one more time for those that missed it. At Eddie Garrison underscore E-D-D-I-E-G-A-R-R-I-S-O-N. A-D-D-A-I. A die, a die, a die. Your name made me think of that. For those uh, that listen to our morning show, we got a new morning show, KB and Andy. That would be Andy Sweeney from Louisville. So appreciate you guys checking that out. Jake Quarry moving to noon to three on our airwaves. Oh, one final thing. Yes. Uh, praying for the people out in California. Hopefully um, you're, you're not dealing with any damage if you're a listener of the pod with all the rain that's been coming your way. And then, of course, uh, well. the uh, earthquake that... Uh, Went through there yesterday. Yeah, and, and being and, Sunday, and, and to the islands as well. Yep. And I know yep. um, DeForest Buckner. You know, grew up out there. He's had some thoughts, not on Maui, but he, he's had some thoughts on it as well. So, um, yeah, certainly thinking about our listeners that are all over the world, but particularly in those pockets of the U.S. as well. So, thank you, Eddie, for mentioning that. We will come back on Friday. Let's do Friday, okay? So that will be obviously a recap of Thursday night, and we'll go down the position. 53-man roster, cut-down date, which comes here in eight days. Everybody have a great week. Stay cool if you're an indie. We'll chat with you next week. Or, excuse me, Friday.